0: Welcome to the next message from Encounter Church. For more information about our church, visit us online at EncounterPGH.com. Thanks for listening, and enjoy the message. Great! I like it. Alright, uh, so today we are going to be continuing our Teach Us to Pray message series that we have been uh, going through the last couple of weeks, where we're exploring the Lord's Prayer Um, In Matthew chapter 6, and what we're doing is we are discovering uh, the principles that Jesus taught us about praying and connecting with God. So I want to read those together. Uh, Matthew chapter 6, verses 9 through 13, if you guys would open your Bibles or your smartphones. I'm reading uh, this particular passage out of the English Standard Version, ESV. Uh, So Matthew 6, verses 9 through 13, Jesus says, Pray then like this, Our Father in heaven... Hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We just sang this, right? Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we have also forgiven our debtors and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil." Uh, So the first week, right, we said it's all about God. It's all about God. Prayer is more about God than it is about us. So when when we go to him, if we understand who we're praying to, it changes the posture of prayer and the expectation from it that God is who he is, his power and his authority. Last week, we talked about our will versus God's will, right? So we pray God's will, because he has bigger plans for our lives than we do. So if we come to him with the perspective of, I'm, I just want to get what I want out of it, then we're praying in the wrong perspective and we'll find ourselves dissatisfied with the results or the answers. And oftentimes what we get from our prayer or what we want and what we go after will leave us in a place of dissatisfaction even when we do get what we want. So when we pray God's will, right, like your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, we pray God's will because he has bigger plans For our lives than we do. So this week, we're going to explore further into the passage and dig into uh, verse 11, right? Which says, Give us this day our daily bread. So at this point, at this point, the prayer turns much more practical, right? So the first two sections are really about the concept of like who God is. And we're saying right off the bat that God, whatever your, your place of authority in my life. But now it starts to turn practical to the things that are affecting us on a regular daily basis. And so verse 11 talks about something that is very near and dear to my heart. And that is food, <laughs> like food, right? Give us this daily bread. Um, I love food, I don't know if you know this yet, um, but I love talking about food, I love tasting food, I love trying food. So much so that my family vacations are usually organized around where we're going to eat or when we're going to eat. So if we go to a new city, usually ahead of time, we think of the restaurants that are interesting to us and we schedule our itinerary around those places. When we go to other like vacation spots or whatever, most of the things that we're interested in aren't so much places of interest, more just restaurants and food types. Um, every event that we have at the church usually has food. And there's some theological background to that, but a lot of it is just also from a place of just loving food. I think about food a lot. I enjoy trying new restaurants. And for me, there is an excitement about discovering food and enjoying the delicious things that the world has to offer. Uh, And so much so that when I have regular meals at home, sometimes it just feels boring. I remember growing up, uh, I, I remember growing up, my my family, uh, we oftentimes had Salisbury steak. Anybody, anybody ever had that? Like, like, like the kind that are from like the frozen food kind. Um, you know, when you come from an Italian family, you know, and you're making pastas and my grandmother's eggplant parmesan and homemade cavatili and, you know, all of these things. And then you get like a frozen Salisbury steak out of the freezer. It just does not have the same thing. Um, so anyway, I want to read this one more time because we're going to talk about food today, but leave it more than that. So this is what we read here, right? So we read this verse in the Lord's prayer. Give us this day our daily bread. Give us this day our daily bread. Like is Jesus talking literally about like bread? Is he talking about food? Is he talking about meals? Is he talking about more than that? What is Jesus trying to teach us? in this passage. So we know that food is necessary, right? We know that. Without it, we would quickly disappear. So we're instructed to pray for it. But why? Why are we instructed to pray for it? Is he teaching us to keep our food simple? Is he just saying like, hey, keep it simple uh, and to not enjoy our food? Is he talking only about food? What about our other needs? And does God only care about the daily requirements of life? This is what I want to talk about Today, So Jesus said in Matthew 6, 11, give us this day our daily bread. And I think in order for us to understand what Jesus is trying to say here, I think that we need to remember the first two verses that we read through um, to understand what he's trying to teach us in verse 11. So what did he say? Who is God? Verse 9, he is our father in heaven. He loves us. He's capable. He cares. He provides. Right. So that's who we're talking to. And what does he want for us? Verse 10, your will be done, right? He says, he, says he wants, his, he wants like his best for us, his plan, his guide. He wants to teach us and guide us. So Jesus is instructing us about how to pray for our physical needs when he says, give us our daily bread. So when it comes to the tangible things of life, right? Like the, like the, the money that we have, the food that we need to close, our understanding of who God is and what he wants for us should shape how we pray for them. So what I'm trying to say is like like the way I pray about food and paychecks and places to live and clothes and all those things should be informed by who God is and his capability of doing things for us. And so when we talk about praying for our needs, what does that mean? Pray about our needs from the perspective that God cares about us and our needs and that he is strong enough to be able to meet them, but also from a place of trust that he is bigger than us and that his plan to meet our needs is better than our own. I want to read that again. So praying about our needs should be from the perspective that God cares about us and our needs, right? And that he is strong enough to meet those needs, but also from the place of trust that he is bigger than us and that his plan to meet our needs is better than our own plan. So, Here's today's big idea of the message today, the kind of the central thought of of verse 11, which is, um, give us this day our daily bread. The big idea of today's message is that my needs are not my problem. My needs are not my problem, right? So we're going to unpack that a little bit. Jesus is teaching us to come to the Father for what we need. That's why he includes it. Come to the Father for what we need. It is no coincidence that prayer starts with who God is and what God wants for our lives and then moves to us as humans. Like, that's not an accident. Our physical needs are important, but they are not ours to worry about. My kids should not have to be worrying about how they're going to pay the electricity bill. That's my job, right? That's my job. They are God's to take care of. So then if that's the case, then why should we pray for our needs, I want to explore another passage that we kind of, uh, it's probably very familiar to many of us, but it's a companion passage to this. Matthew chapter 6, verses 25 to 27. If you guys have your Bibles, this is going to be reading out of the New Living translation, NLT. Sometimes you switch, I switch translations just because the, the way that it is, is phrased kind of it fits really well with the concept we're trying to talk about. Matthew 6, verse 25. Why should we pray for our needs? Jesus said this in Matthew 6, 25. That is why I tell you not to worry about everyday life. Whether you have enough food and drink or enough clothes to wear, isn't life more than food and your body more than clothing? Look at the birds. They don't plant and they don't harvest or they don't store food up in barns for your heavenly father feeds them. So he's reinforcing this concept that God is the one who provides. And aren't you far more valuable to him than those things, than the birds, right? Can, can all of your worries add a single moment to your life? And that like hits me like a ton of bricks because uh, the older I get, the more I find myself worrying. The more I find myself, the more responsibility, I think even the more things I acquire, right? The more I have the sense that they could disappear, perhaps. And so I have Jesus here saying, why are you worrying? Because even if you do... It can't add a single moment to your life. There's nothing you can do. And so he's reinforcing here that he is our source, right? That teaching us that God wants to hear from us. He said, like, come to me. And it goes back to his desire for a relationship with us and reliance on him. So I want to ask this. Are we only talking about food then? So when we say, give us this day our daily bread, are we only talking about food? Is it literally just like, give me a piece of bread? Well, let's read on, Matthew 6, verse 28 to 32. So in this illustration that Jesus is talking about with the food, and he says, and then why do you worry about your clothes, right? Look at the lilies of the field and how they grow. They don't work, and they don't make their clothing. Yet Solomon, who was considered the greatest king, like the richest and wisest king in in all of the earth by the Jewish people, yet Solomon in all his glory was not dressed as beautifully as these flowers, he's saying. And if God cares so wonderfully for the wildflowers that are here today and then thrown into the fire tomorrow, he will certainly care for you. So he goes on. So don't worry about these things. Don't, don't let them drive your thoughts saying, what are we going to eat today? What will I drink? Or what will we wear? These things dominate the thoughts of the unbelievers. And I would posit they also often dominate our thoughts as children of God. I'm constantly thinking about do I have enough money to get the things that I need or want, right? And yet Jesus says, don't worry about these things. Instead, verse 33, so seek the kingdom, right? Which To seek the kingdom means to seek the one whose kingdom it is, right? He is the kingdom. Like, seek him in his understanding of who he is. Seek the kingdom of God above all else. Let that be your priority. In other words, let that dominate your thoughts and live righteously. And he will give you everything you need. This is a verse that we hear as Christians say a lot, right? Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. Like, I can say it like under my breath. Like, super fast. But what he's talking about is worry. What he's talking about is materialism. What he's talking about is the source. The source of where we see all these things come from, right? Now, if I were to talk to my son, he'd say, well, they come from my paycheck. I buy them. But we're talking about a grander scale here, an understanding that all things are under the hand of God, our creator. He allows or he releases. He gives or he takes. Um, and, 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 and nothing happens outside of his understanding and his control. And when we get down to the rabbit hole of the question of, but then why does this happen and that not happen? We have to remember the very first part of the Lord's Prayer. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, and then your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as in heaven. Like, in other words, what do we say up at the top here, right? That our needs should be prayed for from the perspective that, that God cares about them and he's strong enough to meet them, but trusting that he is bigger and that his plan to meet them is bigger than our own. In other words, whatever is going on in the world and whatever is happening to us, it's not for us to determine whether God made the right choice or not. It's a trust that God sees the bigger picture. And not understanding is not our, understanding is not our plan or our point here. So, are we only talking about food? I don't think so. I think what we're talking about is tangible needs, right? Like the need for food, for clothing, for money to shop. You know, to have a job, to be able to take care of ourselves. And verse 32 says that those things are the things that dominate the thoughts of unbelievers. And what Jesus is trying to do is teach us to shift our mindset to shift our thoughts away from ourselves to him to say, okay, I feel like I don't have enough, or I'm worried that I'm not going to have enough, and instead saying, God, I'm going to let you worry about the details. All I have right now is this in front of me. I'm going to do these things that you have brought to me, and I'm going to trust that you will take care of me, and I'm going to focus on what's in front of me, what he has for you today, because why? Not a single person can add a moment to his life by worrying. So, Here's the next question. This is where it gets interesting. and I think we could have a really good discussion on this. Does God care about what I want or only what I need? Does God care about what I want or is it only what I need? And I want to give you some thoughts and then we're going to kind of close and discuss here. Matthew 7, Matthew chapter 7, verses 7 through 11. And now we're back to the Christian standard Bible, CSB. (laughs) Ask and you will receive. Matthew 7, 7. Ask and you will receive. Search and you will find. Knock and the door will be open to you. For everyone who asks receives. Whoever seeks finds. And to everyone who knocks, the door is open. And this is a key space here. Who among you will give your children a stone when they ask for bread? Or would give them a snake when they ask for a fish? If you who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children. I'm like, thanks, Jesus. I don't think I'm evil, but you know, that's another perspective. If you who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more, I underline that, how much more will your heavenly Father give good things to those who ask Him? And here's my perspective. God promises to provide for our needs. Promises to provide for our needs. He is faithful, and He will always show up to meet our needs. That is the baseline for God's promise. But the question rumbling around in my head this week, right? Like, does God want to give us the bare minimum? Or might he sometimes want to give us something better? Verse 11 says, how much more will he give good things? I think that this shows that God does sometimes want to give more than just the bare minimum. Or that God does care about our wants. I believe it is okay to ask God for things that you desire. And this is, this is a mind shift, particularly for those who come out of a space of where you have been taught to, uh, to revere God or to fear God. Um, I have talked to people who have said things like, like God is, like, I'm not going to pray for my cold. I have a cold, and I'm going to pray for that because that's too big. God is bigger than that. He doesn't need to be burdened by my problems, right? Like, there's this mindset that, like, we are a just cowering, Sort of like we are only in the throne room of God by grace alone, and that He's still ticked off at us, and if we do one thing wrong, he's gonna smite us off the planet. And that is not the perspective that we see. Instead, the language is children, a king who loves his kids and lavishes gifts upon them, right? This idea that like that like and I've been toying with this thing, so like, and it there's a borderline of materialism and just flat-out desire. Like, I want a Jeep Wrangler. This is something that I just one. It's like my dream car. I want one. I, well, I'll take a manual, my, but automotive. my wife doesn't drive manual. So in order for it to be more functional for the family, I we'll have to get an automatic. But anyway, I digress. So I'm, I really want one. And, you know, it's something that seems closer now than it has ever been. And yet I don't know that it'll be something that we'll be able to get uh, perhaps next year, whatever. And it has crossed my mind. Should I pray for this Jeep? Like, Hey, God, like, I really want this Jeep, right? Like, is that weird? Is that strange? Because someone might say, but like, I can barely pay my rent, right? And you're praying for God to give you a Jeep, right? And I think that's really maybe, and this is probably a better serve for our discussion, but I think what's happening here is that, that God is trying to shift our perspective. and He's saying, I can give you a Jeep. And if, it is going to, if it's going to allow you to still be a generous person and to care for the poor and to meet needs of other people, then perhaps I will bless you because I love you. But I'm not going to give you that Jeep and you better be sure that you're not going to get this thing if it's going to turn you into a person who is farther from me, right? Like, it's all about the perspective of a parent, about a God who is trying to teach his kids. So, I think it is okay to talk to God and to ask God for things that you desire, but with a disclaimer of this, it has to be within the guidelines of verse 10 of the Lord's Prayer. Your kingdom come, your will be done. Like, God, I would love to have this, but if it's not in the cards for me, so be it. If you'd rather me take the money for this that I would spend on that and give it to this mission organization or do this or that, then so be it. Like, that's what we're really talking about here. It's always a matter of the heart. And so the relationship with God dictates our desires. That's what I want to say to you. The relationship dictates our desires. Like, if I am close to God and I spend time with Him on a regular basis, like, I'm going to kind of already know whether or not it's something that is good for me or not based on that, or I'm going to have an idea of what I think God might say to me. My kids do this all the time. They'll kind of come to me and I can already tell, hey, Dad, so I know the answer is probably no, but, and I'm like, well, then you probably shouldn't ask, right? like it's that cuz he knows me and he knows where i stand on various things right and i think we can also see the same thing you kind of know if things aren't right for you before you ask for them sometimes you know the relationship dictates your desires and so here's what i would say when we pray for our needs some pr- three practical spots number 1 start at the source right matthew 6:25 to 27 our father who is in heaven hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And from that place, give me everything that I need and give me the wants that I have. But whatever you want, what you want for my life, go to the source, talk to him and and rely on him. Number two, seek the kingdom above all else. And this is hard because our society is geared the other way around. It's seek my kingdom, not his. Like, it's building my own little fiefdom, right? That's what our world is built on. It's built on, I'm going to have a house, and I want to put a fence around it. I'm going to get my cars. i want to put them in a garage. And then I want to, like, this is the world that we live in. And then the other idea, is though, is instead is the kingdom mindset is seek the kingdom of God. God, how would you organize my finances? And this is something that I'm not saying I'm perfect at. It's something that Heather and I are consistently thinking about and struggling to, to work into our lives. God, how do you want us to organize our finances? Is there a way that you would like us to say no to this to put money into that space instead? Or you know, how can we bless somebody? How can we take some on or, or provide for some, whatever that might be. Like seek the kingdom first and allow God to inform how you spend your money, how you, you manage your resources. And number three, it's okay to ask for good things. God, I would I would love to have those shoes over there. I think they're really, really cool. And I like the way that they look. Like, I think God enjoys that. We see that. He likes to give good gifts as long as it doesn't turn you into the person that he doesn't want you to be. So, start at the source, seek the kingdom of God, then ask for good things. So let's pray as we close out this part of our, uh, our morning. God, um, this passage of Scripture is packed with so much truth um, and and you know it 's a challenge because for some of us it 's really hard to seek you as the source of our needs and it 's hard to not worry about um, our things and for some of us we don't we don 't want to come to you or we feel like we shouldn 't have to it 's a pride thing um, for some of us it 's hard for us to even wrap our minds around the idea that uh, or we even we didn't agree or believe that the fact that you are the one who provides for us. There's so much here, and it does require trust. It requires a trust that, that that you are who you say you are, you are big enough to meet our needs, and that we should trust that you know bigger than us, know more than us, better than us, and that you will provide what is needed and sometimes what we want if it's the right thing for us. God, help us to be people who... Um, will come to you for our needs. Help us to be, um, to, to look at the way we spend our money, the, the way that we organize our finances, um, even the things that we want and why we want them and who we become when we have the certain things. Uh, I pray you would just shine a light on all of that. And I pray you'll bless our time of discussion and, um, and our afternoons uh, as we go from this place. In Jesus' name, amen.